This is the John Oakley Show podcast. On a great day for talk radio, we're talking about something that uh, has made the radar of late because the province says it's open for business. And uh, one such aspect of that is deregulating alcohol sales in Ontario. They talked about it last week when it comes to opening up beer retailing. And uh, now the rumor is floating that they're looking at liquor sales as well. Well, it turns out that the Retail Council of Canada very much in favor of deregulating alcohol sales in the province. Let's find out because they also suggest it would be good for the economy. The Senior VP of Government Relations with the Retail Council of Canada is Carl Littler, and he's joined the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Mr. Littler, good to have you on board. Hi there. Thanks for having me. All right. So uh, you're very much in favor of deregulating alcohol sales in the province? We are indeed. We uh, operate Canada-wide, and uh, some of our members operate internationally, and Ontario, frankly, has been one of the more restrictive regimes. We think that um, Ontarians are mature enough to have more choice and convenience and potentially lower prices, but we also see an economic benefit in it as well. Yeah, explain that to me. You say it's good for the province's economy. How so? So the situation currently is we have a really low concentration of outlets. We actually have the lowest in the country by far on a population basis. And um, so what we get in the event that you allow beer and wine to be sold in not only grocery stores but in corner stores is a significant job gain and addition to uh, GDP. All right. uh, The job gain being just opening up more outlets, but uh, if... How does that impact the consumer? I mean, is there a a competitive advantage to doing it this way? So on the consumer side, there's a couple things. Obviously, there's greater choice and convenience. There's a lot of underserved consumers right now, given the limited number of outlets that we have. But the other possibility, and one we you know, strongly hope that the government will follow, is to allow a more competitive environment price-wise. If you look at um, you know, the price of beer in Ontario as a case in point, it's 8.3% higher than Quebec. And that's even after factoring out um, all of the taxes. So... The breweries are essentially, the large breweries or international conglomerates are actually overcharging Ontarians, and that's a a big deal from our perspective. When you say this is going to increase employment, uh, how did you arrive at that? How many jobs exactly? So we think it's just over 9,000 jobs on, on the grocery and convenience store side. So we measured it two ways. We actually looked what happened in B.C. after they deregulated, and so we applied that, uh, that calculus to the Ontario situation at similar levels of concentration. But we also know how many employees there are who work in grocery in Ontario and what grocery sales are. And if you anticipate that the sales are going to go up, and we think by about $2 billion, um, then the additional growth on that is just 9,600. So we've got one model that shows it at 9,100, one model that shows it at 9,600. Even if we take the more conservative figure, obviously that's a significant job growth. And tax revenue would follow as well. Yeah, well, the tax is probably going to be held constant. I, I don't think this government is in a tax grab kind of mode, but on the other hand, obviously, these pay for vital public services, so they're not looking to take a haircut either. I think, though, you know, the entities that are most concerned about this are the big international beer conglomerates because they've been sort of milking Ontario for for a very long time, and uh, and obviously this puts them under some pressure. Well, it's funny you should mention that. Last week, I was talking to a friend of mine who is an executive with uh, one of the bigger beer concerns, and uh, he suggested that this would be folly for Ontario to do because Alberta is a case study where they've actually got a wider distribution system, but they pay more for beer uh, in Alberta. 
Yeah, I've seen that story, but what I can tell you is they sell the same 24 cans in Quebec for about $12 cheaper than they do in Ontario. Now, not all of that is the beer company's fault. Um, obviously, Quebec has a different tax regime. But even leaving aside the, you know, the, the, the tax side of the issue, 8.3%. If you think about it, Basically, beer in Ontario is dominated by two big international entities. One of them is Molson Coors. That's half-based in Quebec, half-based in Colorado. The other, uh, Labatt, is owned by a Belgian entity. I can tell you that the beer prices are cheaper in all of those jurisdictions, Colorado and Quebec, and in Belgium, and you can buy them in corner stores and groceries wherever you go. So, I mean, they may suggest it's foolhardy, but they're certainly having that in their home jurisdiction. So you got to question why they would deny that to Ontarians. Well, the argument, uh, as he put it anyway, in Alberta, you broaden distribution, so the beer has to be delivered to more of these outlets, which increases the costs on a per Well, there are, more out- there are more outlets in Quebec, and there are more outlets in British Columbia than there are here on a population basis. And I can assure you that beer is cheaper in both jurisdictions. You can check it out online. All right. So he was misleading me, is what you're saying. Well, he may have been choosing one case in point, but Ontario's prices, I can assure you, are amongst some of the highest in the world. Again, so. Carl Littler, he's a senior VP of government relations with the Retail Council of Canada. Uh, let's talk about spirits now and uh, whether you see that as being a good thing, opening that up, because uh, a lot of people are curious about what type of model would be affected. In, in fact, the LCBO is seen as, you know, the goose that lays a golden egg for the province of Ontario, bringing in about $2.3 billion roughly on, I guess, uh, its gross revenue of something approximating $7 billion annually. Why would we want to scuttle that model? So uh, the first thing is, I mean, we think LCO's, uh, LCBO is a great company. Uh, it's well regarded by Ontarians. They have fantastic stores and they have fantastic choice. So nobody's suggesting that LCBO be undermined. I think there's a benefit in general to having competition in the space. To To be clear... There's about 350 grocers right now that have licenses, which is a relatively small number considering the number of grocery stores and certainly of convenience stores in the province. But it's, you know, it's pretty clear that you know, our, our area of expertise is primarily in beer and wine because we've been in that space for a few years now. I'm by no means expert in spirits. I guess what I would say is in general, we're encouraging competition, and uh, and that seems to be the you know the tenor of the the government. Obviously, the policy hasn't been decided on yet, but we take a general view, which is you know sort of come one, come all. LCBO beer store, um, you know the uh, grocers and convenience stores, and let the market find its natural place. All right, and so the LCBO model, while it remains intact, uh, is it possible this hybrid then could exist, uh, or they're responsible for importation? distribution and then it's up to the individual retailer at what price point they want to yeah i mean i gotta gotta say this lcbo does a superb job as a wholesaler and i don't think anybody's looking to supplant their role in that um you know they're obviously you know we sell beer and wine so does lcbo in its stores you know our grocery members sell beer and wine um you know we can certainly see a world in which there's competition at the retail side but that LCBO's uh, expertise on on uh, on the wholesaling side to be maintained. And finally, I've got to ask because it's the inevitable question: by expanding the distribution network, does that increase consumption to the detriment of society at large? So uh, there's there's a suggestion that when you deregulate, you get about a two or three uh, percent consumption bounce. So in the sense that you know people have more convenience, um, you know they're able to obtain it from something closer to home. And bear in mind, uh, you know that's a tougher proposition in some rural and and smaller town communities than it is in in the city. So there's a certain inequity right now. Um, 
our sense is that, you know, other Canadian jurisdictions, including Alberta, B.C., Quebec, you know, a multitude of jurisdictions around the world have the availability of beer and wine in corner stores and groceries, and they seem to be getting by just fine. Um, you know, if you look around the province on the, on the out-of-home service side, there are thousands of bars and restaurants that serve alcohol. It's not like people are starved for the ability to find themselves a drink. Ultimately, this is about convenience and choice to our mind, and we don't think it will have an appreciable effect on the health side. But you do say it's a a lot of upside for the province's economy. As you spelled out earlier, I appreciate your giving us your perspective. Thanks so much. Well, thanks for having me on. You got it. Carl Littler, Senior VP of Government Relations with the Retail Council of Canada. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.